Hey everyone, welcome to Her Life Anew podcast. I am your host, Jade. This podcast is about rising up generations of women from a lukewarm faith to being on fire for God. I will discuss issues like alcoholism, abuse, becoming a widow and a single mom, but also the heart and character of God and how through Him we don't just live our lives, but live out of an overflow of His grace and favor. This is not your cookie-cutter Jesus podcast. We will get vulnerable and convicted, but with that comes living a life anew. Hello, everyone. It's Jade, your host of the Her Life Anew podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in again for another episode. I think we're now on episode six, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to get one out every week, but it's just been a little busy lately um, with me launching the website and the Etsy shop with all the merch. Um, that's just taken up a lot of time, so I haven't quite gotten around to doing the weekly thing yet, but we will get there. Um, and if you have not checked it out yet, um, you can go to the website, herlifeanew.com. Um, that just kind of gives you some history, some background uh, information on Her Life Anew. I'm also trying to raise um, some funds for a ministry that I'm trying to start. Um, and surprisingly, but kind of not. It's pretty expensive to start a, a 501c3. Or is it 5013c? 501c3. <laughs> um, so you can donate, donate on there if you like. Um, and then you can also go check out a ton of merch and just women, um, men, kids, Christian apparel, uh, accessories that I've created on Her Life Anew by jade.etsy.com. Um, there's a whole bunch of good stuff on there. So go check it out. The prices are not expensive. Um, but yeah, I've had a ton of fun just designing all that stuff. It's all designed by me. Um, and then it's created by a third party and mailed out to you. So yeah, please go check it out and let me know what you think. So for today's episode, we're going to be talking about the parable of the sower. Um, and if you're a Christian or if you have read the Bible at all, you most likely have read this parable before. Um, but I kind of, and I've read it many times myself and I've heard it many times uh, in different sermons, but I kind of, the last time I read it, I got a little bit of a different twist to it this time. Um, we know typically um, when we read this parable, Jesus is talking about the word and how it's being sown. But this time when I was reading it, I kind of got this um, little twist of explanation or maybe not explanation, but just I feel like you can read something many times in the Bible and it can mean something different every time. So that's what I'm trying to say here. Um, so 
Um, if you have not read it, the parable of the sower, it's in Mark chapter four, uh, verses one through nine is the actual parable. And then the parable of the sower explained is Mark chapter four, verses 13 through 20. So that's kind of um, the parable and then Jesus explaining what the parable means. Um, so with the parable of the sower, I'm just going to read, I'm going to read three through nine here quickly. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on the stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground, and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now just with that little last sentence is there, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Obviously, everyone physically has ears, but there's people that when they're reading or listening to someone talk about the Bible or preach or whatever it may be, they don't really have ears that are wanting to listen to what's being said. Um, so that's what that means. So he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So we're going to hear. We want to be hearers of the word and doers, but hearers first. <laughs> so when I was reading this parable, um, I just had this come to me like just a different way to look at it. And it matters who you're surrounded by. And I just kind of thought of this as I was reading it. Um, that it kind of also explained what happens or the fruit of who you surround yourself by. As a Christian, I should say. So as I was reading it, so the first one is um, some fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. I would, this, I would consider this as someone who's not a Christian. Someone who's not a Christian um, and not really interested in the Bible, them hearing the word. Nothing's going to come from it. There's no effort there. It's just thrown away to the wayside. The next one is the stony ground where it did not have much earth. It immediately sprang up, but it had no depth. So the sun scorched it up. To me, this kind of looks like um, someone getting a glimpse of Christ. 
or a glimpse of Christianity. And this could be something like a really cool Christian concert, um, something that just gets you really hyped up. But, and I'm not saying the event itself doesn't have any depth. I'm saying that is your, um, that's what you're taking from it. So this event or this concert is sowing into you, but you're not letting those seeds get deeper inside of you. It's just kind of like a hype moment. Um, and then when you leave, uh, there was no root, there was no depth. So the scun, the, the scun, the sun scorched that away. Um, the next thing is the seed, some seed that fell among the thorns. So the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no crop. So this could be the people that you're surrounding yourself with, or it could be anything that you're surrounding yourself with. It could be the music that you're listening to. It could be movies that you're watching. Um, it could be anything that you're surrounding yourself with that does not turn you towards Christ. Um, but you could definitely have friends around you that are choking you out of what God has for you. They're constantly pulling you away or trying to pull you away and pulling you towards the darkness, whether it's trying to get you to party, trying to get you to drink, you know, trying to get do drugs, trying to gossip, trying to um, maybe just do a little white lie. Maybe it's just to do a little white lie to your parents, whatever it may be. Your friends and the people around you can be choking you out like these thorns choked out the plant that was trying to grow. And therefore, the plant could not produce any fruit because it was being choked out. Now, the last is the seed falling on the good ground. It yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced 30-fold, 60, and some 100-fold. So when you are surrounding yourself with people that want you to go up, that are pulling you up higher towards Christ, that is when, one, you grow deeper and deeper roots as the roots grow deeper, I don't know if you've ever tried to pull up some kind of plant that has really deep roots. It's hard. It's hard to do that. Even if the plant looks a little withered at the top, even if it's kind of a dainty plant, that's happened to me before where I've tried to pull up a plant and I thought, oh, this plant's, this plant's little. This will be easy. And then I try and pull it out and it has such good rooting that it's hard to pull it out. And that's the same thing of what I'm saying here 
is when you are sowing your seeds in good ground, you have the right kind of people surrounded around you. You're not listening to demonic music. You're not watching things that you shouldn't be watching. You're getting into the word of God. You're, uh, you have a strong prayer life. These are all ways to strengthen your root system. So then if a moment comes or something comes where maybe on the outside, it looks like maybe you're a little weakened or maybe it's trying to weaken you, that you still have that strong foundational root system that someone can't just pluck you out of that good ground, that someone can't pluck you out of your relationship with Christ because you're so well-rooted. Um, yeah, and just, there's just so many things in the world that are trying to uproot you. So many things that are trying to uproot you. And some of them are sneaky. Some of them come in the way of lies. Some of them come in the way of your family, your friends. But everything should be tested to the word of God so that you do not sway in the wrong direction. There are several scriptures um, just throughout the Bible um, that talk about how important it is to have good friends around you um, and what that can look like when you really have good people surrounding you. Um, like in Mark 2, when there was a paralyzed man and... Um, they were trying to get to Jesus. His friends were trying to get him to Jesus because they knew that, that he could heal him. Um, the crowd was big. They couldn't get through. So they go on top of the house that he's in and literally make a hole in the ceiling and drop him down through the ceiling so that he can be healed. That is what it looks like to have strong Christian friends around you. And when I say Christian, I'm not talking about someone that just says, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Belief gets you nowhere. Okay. So please know that when I call someone a Christian, it is not the majority it's not the majority of people who call themselves a Christian because believing does not make you a Christian. Or I should say, just saying it does not make you a Christian. You need to look at the fruit of the person. For one, the person has to actually receive salvation through Christ, but they also are supposed to lose their former self and look like a new being after salvation. If you don't look new or you don't start to look like a new person after salvation, I question whether you were actually saved or not. 
but that's not for my judgment. That's just what I'm saying. I'm, you know, I'm not the judge there, but I'm saying if you didn't, if there was not a switch flipped after you receive Christ, after now he's dwelling inside of you and something didn't change or you don't have a desire to change, I'm not sure. I'm not sure there. But yeah, I'm in Mark 2, I mean, that's being the friend that lowered you through the ceiling so that you could get healing, that you also believed with each other. You believed together that this could work. Also in Proverbs 12, 26, um, it says the righteous should choose your friends carefully. Um, you know, this just, this made me think of a shirt that I designed in my shop and it says life does come with a manual. It's called the Bible. And I'm telling you, you know, people are always asking questions about like, man, like how do you figure this stuff out? The Bible just lays it all out for you. Even just talking about friendship. It lays out the information that you need. The righteous should choose your friends carefully. It doesn't say go and be friends with everybody. It, yes, you need to love everyone, but it doesn't say go and be friends with everyone. Proverbs 26.6 Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Kisses of an enemy are deceitful. What does that mean? Faithful are the wounds of a friend. That means you want to have friends that are willing to tell you when you're messing up. If you're not realizing it yourself, or maybe you're ignoring the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you want to have friends that are willing to stand up and say, hey, you need to think about this. You need to compare it, or not compare, but you need to put it up against the Word of God and think about what you're doing, because I don't think this is the right thing to do. You need to have people that are willing to do that, because if you just have people around you that are just fluffing you up all the time and they're just going along with whatever you do, no matter what you do, they don't have your best interest in mind. Kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You gotta have friends around you that are willing to sharpen your sword. Iron sharpens iron. But also, when you do have these kind of people around you, you want to make sure that you're also humble enough that you're willing to take it, to listen to what they say and be open to correction. You cannot be prideful and have these kind of friends around you and get offended super easy. Okay, and then 1 Corinthians 15.33, bad company corrupts good character. 
I know a lot of people have heard this scripture before, and it's, I mean, it's very true. But what I also want to say, um, I would kind of add to this, bad company corrupts good character that is not strong enough in their faith to stand up against it. So you could have someone who has good character, but maybe they're still weak in a certain part of their walk, or they're still weak in some kind of temptation of the world. So they don't need to dwell in it. They don't need to delve in it. They don't need to be in that arena because they're still weak in that area. and. If you have some bad company around you that's going to push that temptation on you, it could corrupt you. Now, if you are someone who is strong in the faith, you're not going to be tempted. You're not going to let your surroundings, the people, the world um, change who you are or change your thoughts or make you, um, you know, kind of tiptoe back into temptation and sin, then maybe there's some things that you, you can do to help lead people to Christ. You know, I've kind of heard these conversations before where, um, you know, people say, well, my friends are going to a bar. I'm not going to drink. They're going to drink, but I'm not going to drink. And I'm just going to be a light to people there. Some people would say, no, you just shouldn't be in that environment at all because you're dabbling with sinners. Uh, you're, you know, you're being around a bunch of people that are sinning, but I would come back and say, you know, if you are strong enough, this is like the situation with Jesus where the Pharisees, as I like to call them, the Pharisee parasites, <laughs> um, they were wondering why Jesus was sitting with these sinners. Like, what is he doing over there? These are unclean people. These are sinners. What's he doing over there? But imagine if he didn't do that. Do you think any of those people would have ever started to follow him if he just rejected them and turned away from them? No. So I believe that you can be in certain situations, certain arenas, um, that maybe the majority of the people there are not making good choices. Um, but if you are strong enough in your faith to not get swayed um, by temptation and you think that you can go and be a light and you can minister to people and you can maybe even bring someone to Christ, then do it. Don't let some legalistic person just give you another rule that you can't do something because that's all they like to do is just give you man-made rules that you can't do this and you can't do that. Now, don't get me wrong. There are certain things 
um, that we must do and must not do uh, when it comes to following the word of God. I'm not saying to um, dive into things that we shouldn't do, but I'm saying it's okay, in my opinion, it's okay to, if you can, go to a party or go to a bar or whatever it may be where you know there's going to be a lot of people not making great decisions, but you're strong enough to not make those decisions, but just be a light in the room. Maybe you're the only sober person there, but you have the right head on your shoulders. Go for it. I say go for it. Because there are just, I mean, the majority of the people in this world don't know Christ. One, they don't know Christ at all. Or two, they think they know him, but they actually don't. Um, They say they know him, but there is zero relationship there. Um, And we need what Christ really needs, what God really needs to make sure that his creation becomes his children is people that are willing to step out of the legalistic laws that all these people have made and just be a light in a dark place. They just need to be that little glimmer or spark for someone that is searching and searching for something to fill them of what they are void of, which is Christ. Everyone was created. God created us spiritual beings. So we all have You know, we have our soul, which is our mind and our emotions. Um, You know, we have our, our flesh, and then we also have a spirit. And um, God created us that way. And our spirit is longing for that connection with God because he created us that way. He created us so that he could have you know, children in his kingdom together. And there are so many people that are searching for that. They're longing for it. They don't know it, or maybe they do know it, and they're looking in the wrong places, um, like New Age spiritual things. Um, That may be a later podcast, but Our spirit is longing to be one, to be reconnected with the Holy Spirit and with God. So, you know, if you can be that one person that goes into a place that maybe no other Christians want to go, or maybe they're too weak to go, then do it. Because we need people. God needs people that are willing to step out 
um, step out, but not step in to, to, to temptation. Um, and people who are just willing to be bold for um, the kingdom of God. Everyone is God's creation, but not everyone is God's children. And just like any other great earthly father, they desire to see their children come back to him. And that's how God is too. He is desiring so much that his children would just come back to him and that they would stop tiptoeing or just taking a straight nosedive into darkness. So, so yeah, let's just uh, go out there and be the light to the world. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Thanks for listening in today. If this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to subscribe and leave a review. I would also love to hear from you. My Instagram link is below, or you can email me at herlifeanew at gmail.com. Be blessed.